Chapter 11, Part 1. Love can make all the difference. Okay, I'm going to get gushy on you now, guys. Sorry. Talking about love. What's going on? I thought we were talking about addiction treatment and serious things like that. I know. I know. Sorry. Well, in this first part, I'm going to go through each of the parts of love, each of the types of love that the ancient Greeks defined, and I'm going to just briefly mention why it's relevant to people in recovery or dealing with addiction issues. So the first type of love, eros, erotic love, love of beauty, not just lust, appreciation of external and internal beauty, a spiritual recognition of beauty in all its forms. So this is what's concentrated on the most in society, and I believe that that misbalance of love is not serving people, especially young people, by being constantly hit with bombardments of sex, lust. I'm no prude or anything like that, believe me, but I believe that for having having children be exposed to that much of that type of love without the other types of love being equally promoted is uh, not serving them. So for an addicted person, typically they may um, go down this road and um, crave uh, lust and sex uh, along with drugs. If you think about it, it's a, it's a similar sort of experience chemical reaction in the brain. They, they want that hit of brain chemicals that's going to give them that pleasure. And they can get that from a drug or they can get that from the sex, the thrill of sex. And sometimes they may abuse those things. It's too bad that the version of Eros is, is I don't know how to put it, so, um, so pushed, I guess, because ultimately... Ultimately, Eros meant not just lust, but appreciation of beauty. So you could appreciate the beauty of somebody without wanting to have sex with them, right? You know, these days, uh, I'm a I'm a 48 year old man. If I was to say to a to an 18 year old girl, oh, you you know you, I really appreciate your beauty. You're you're a glowing, beautiful young woman. She, she's going to think I'm a pervert or I'm hitting on her. Or, or if I went up to a, a young, a young man, a 17 year old kid, an athlete, you know, say, Hey, you're, you're a, you're great looking kid. You got a lot of good energy, You're very masculine. And, uh, just wanted to tell you that I appreciate your beauty. That's, it's not going to come off very well. Right. So, uh, you know, that's, it, it's the society says that if you, that, you know, you, you're, you can't lust after them, but if you do, you're perverted uh, but if you don't, then you're lying to yourself. I, I don't know. I'm rambling a little bit on this, but it's just too bad that uh, the Eros has been perverted in this way. Okay, and the next one is philia. So this is friendly love, love between equals, brotherly love, or love between family, friends, and community. So this is the love that you got with your teammates, your coworkers, your, uh, you know, your the people that you're in your clubs with, your crew, your tribe, right? It's philia. This, and you all know what this feels like when you're with your homies and everything feels great and you're just, you guys are just laughing. You have all the inside jokes together and you talk about all your experiences and, you know, you're just on the same page. You see the world in a similar way and 
and there's often a lot of levity there. That's very important to have that type of community and that type of tribe. And for someone who has been going through addiction issues, when they feel that camaraderie, go back to that camaraderie point, they, uh, they feel more accepted. They feel like they can be themselves. They can be authentic. And that type of love is very important for them to seek. Uh, the third type is storage. This is familial love, such as between a brother and sister, especially empathetic love felt between parents and their children. That's a special type of love within the family where you have that deep, close connection. If you've had children, you, you understand that you would do anything for them and that there's probably nothing that they can do that would ever, that would ever diminish uh, completely your love for them. It's, it's inherent in our DNA. We, we have children and we love them and they love us as their parents. Ideally, uh, things can happen, but that's the way deep down it's, it's supposed to be. And that is very important for addicted people as well, because when you have the love and respect of your parents, it makes you feel more valuable as a person. You feel like you can accomplish more. If you don't have that, if the relationship with your parents is strained, it, it leads you to self-doubt and confusion and potentially bad decisions. And so these teenage, the, the teenage years, the young adult years are very difficult because the, the, the younger person is trying to break away. They're trying to become independent. They're trying to tell their parents they can do it on their own. And, and that's what they should ultimately be doing. There's nothing wrong with this natural impulse, but you know, there's always that power struggle where the parents are trying to parent you're not 18 yet and you're still under my house, my rules and those kinds of things. And every parent goes through that. There's, there's no, there's no book on how to exactly manage that. But if you can keep that love, uh, with your children and, and parents strong, uh, that will serve someone. Uh, and if you can rekindle that when the addicted person is, is trying to recover, uh, that will help them out tremendously. The next form of love is philolutia which is love of and for yourself. It is essential to value yourself, but not let it turn into vanity or selfishness. I don't know that I need to really say anything about this because we all know how important self-love is, self-worth, self-respect, and for an addicted person, that is usually the thing that they feel the lowest about uh, of everything. I hear this at graduation all the time. I, I was sad when I let my family down. I was saddest when I let myself down. And they know that they've done that. And when they can love themselves, when they can look in the mirror and they can feel proud of themselves again, or they at least feel like not ashamed of themselves anymore, that is a great path to recovery. So everything that they can do to help themselves, that's why we push them at Elevate to work out, to deal with nutrition issues. Because we know that they may be in there, and by in there, I mean in their heads, in the counseling rooms with a therapist, working on themselves, their past, their life. If they can take some of that energy and put it into their body and improve it, it doesn't matter how many pounds they lose or how much they can lift or anything like that, but they can feel better. They can feel better about themselves. And when you get that self-confidence and you you know, you work out a little bit, you do some yoga, you can stretch further, your body feels better, you can lift more weights than you could two weeks ago, you feel good. And that, that good feeling is not about narcissism, it's about loving yourself and taking care of yourself. The last version of love is agape, unconditional love, altruistic love. 
patience, forgiveness, and understanding, a high form of affection that includes love of God, Creator, etc. Well, a lot of people who are addicted have probably lost this long ago. They felt like they are not loved unconditionally. Usually they don't love themselves. And so how can they, how can the universe love them? How can God love them? How can their creator love them? Regardless of what their religion is, that doesn't matter. It's do they feel that love of being alive? Do they feel that gratitude that they're waking up another day, uh, healthy and happy or, or, or unhealthy and needing to recover, but they're grateful that they're alive. Usually that is not the case. And, um, and while we don't teach any form of religion, we, we actually don't necessarily go there. We do tell people that if you have a religious preference, there are parts of the program where you can work on that. And all we ask them to do is work on that in whatever way that means is if that means prayer, uh, if that means, you know, whatever journaling or, or walking with nature or doing something, you do some sort of an exercise symbolically to try to reattach that because we're trying to get them back some of that love, that agape, because if they feel that from the universe, if they love themselves, if they feel love from their creator, then obviously that's going to give them more confidence. That's going to make them have more self-worth and they will be more inclined to not turn to chemicals for that substance, for that hit, for that love, that fake love, because they're getting it from their God, from their creator, from the universe, from the world. Concentrating on love is also something that you can do and work on. If you just, you know, a a really interesting thing is if you want to be happy, just be love. It's like, that's so much easier said than done. But if you can just try to embody the feeling of love, if you see a, you know, a stranger, you give them a smile. If you see a friend, you give them a hug. If you, when you're speaking to people, you're speaking from a point of love that that's always going to elevate your mood. That's always going to help make you feel better. You, you could argue that that makes the world go around and that if there was more of that, we would have peace and all those things specifically from someone recovering from addiction. Uh, the more of these loves that they can, uh, increase in their lives, the more of a chance that they are going to have to, uh, recover successfully.